So the rights that you're giving to the company are not really anything prevent you from providing state-of-the-art service to your resident. The other thing that you think about is we're, we're dealing with Fortune 500 companies here. We're dealing with the Comcasts of the world. We're dealing with the, the charter spectrums of the world. We're dealing with the Cox communications of the world. We're not dealing with, you know, mom, mom and pop's cable TV company where they're not going to keep up with technology. So yeah. what are the chances that, that Comcast in 10 years is not every bit as competitive of a service as they are today? Nobody uh -huh. knows for sure, but a company that big that and, and I picked them because, you know, I work there. They're always looking 10, 15, 20 years out. You know, where are we today? But we, we need to stay competitive. You're listening to the Gorilla State Investing Podcast. We're not here to bruise your bananas with guru sales pitches, overrated fluff, or any other kind of monkey business. We simply provide the ground-pounding truth about what it takes to be successful in real estate. All right, today's guest is Kevin Gardner out of the Cleveland, Ohio area. And Kevin is the owner of Multifamily Utility Solutions, where he pretty much brings a unique concept to saving um, personnel with large apartment complexes on their uh, utilities, predominantly cable and internet. Correct, Kevin? That's correct, Ramsey. Yeah. Okay. So I'm interested in this because you, uh, before the show, we talked a little bit and you said your target market is like a hundred plus units. Minimum would be something like 50, but if you could give us like the, the, uh, the macro level, how this works and what it is that you guys bring to the table. Sure. So um, we, we and, and it's amazing to me how many people don't realize the value um, and the leverage they have in the cable TV and Internet rights that they possess. Right. So um, you'd be surprised at how many people say, oh, I don't need your services because I don't pay for the cable service for my residents or I don't pay for the Internet service for my residents. OK, but um, that's a real misperception. Because the fact of the matter is that you, it's your personal property. And so the cable company or phone company or whoever it is needs your permission to be on your property to serve your residents who are their customers. Okay. Okay. So it, it's just, a, it's, it's kind of a unique situation. So, you know, let's say I, I'm, I'm near Cleveland, Ohio. So let's just say, you know, Cleveland, Ohio grants to Spectrum the right to the non-exclusive franchise to operate in the city of Cleveland. Let's say I own an apartment complex in the city of Cleveland. Spectrum only has the right to operate on the public easements. So when they come onto somebody's personal property, they have to have permission from that, that the person who owns that, that property to be on their property. Okay. So let's say you live in one of my properties and you want to get Spectrum service. If Spectrum doesn't have my permission to be on my 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 property, they can't serve you. So, so it's basically like leverage, right? Yeah, you're you're like the gatekeeper. Okay. To all those customers or potential customers, and that's what the uh, a lot of multifamily owners don't realize is that you know even though they're not paying for the service for their residents, they still have have to give their permission for the cable company to be on there. And that has value. That has significant value to the cable company. 
So how does a permission? They don't they don't get it. They don't get the right to have those customers. How does a apartment complex owner monetize that permission? Yeah. So there's a couple of different contract types, right? So what we do is we always talk to the owner. What are their goals? Because depending on their goals, it, it could change what type of contract we we would recommend for them. Okay. Right. So if you're, I mean, if you're going to buy something and you're going to hold it and you want to pass it on for generational wealth, that's a very different business model than buying a C-class property, investing in it um, through a syndication or something, taking it up to a B-class property, and then selling it off a few years later. Totally different business models, and we would probably make recommendations that are very different. Okay. How so? Like, uh, if, if you could could kind of explain to me, or uh, let, let, let me explain the way that I'm hearing it. Uh, a cable company wants to serve my customers. I say, okay, I've got 200 units here without my permission. You can't make a dime. So uh, I'm looking to be the middleman. You cut me a certain deal and I'll give you permission to serve my tenants. Right. And I'm guessing yes. there's a, a contract in there somehow. Does this yes. increase the price of your tenants cable? Absolutely not. And that's the best part about it. When okay. you sign this. So so in many cases. Right. So if I'm the cable company and you're the property owner, I didn't just come on your property without permission. I came on your property with permission. But let's say your property's 30 years old or, or even 20 years old or 10 years old. That, that original agreement has probably expired. We're in an auto renew period or maybe I only got a grant of easement or, or something like that, right? In many cases, when cable companies are sold or properties are sold, these, these documents were never recorded in years prior, right? So there's no record of them. So we don't have any records. So we want a record of them. So we as the cable company want to be on your property. We want to know our rights. Um, and in many cases, we're going to ask you to exclusively market our services, not exclusively provide, but exclusively market our services, because we can afford to give you money back if you help us grow our customer base. Okay. Have you had any cable companies say, no, we're not going to do this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There are some cable companies, especially in very rural markets with um, where they're the only choice. Um, you know, the best part is when you can get a phone company that's got a one gig service, a cable company that's got a one gig service. In some markets, there's a um, uh, what's called an overbuilder or a second cable company in there. And the more competition, the, the more valuable this is to the people competing for that business. But yeah, you get out into some rural areas um, where there isn't a lot of competition and there there really isn't an appetite for um for any for providing any compensation for the right to be there yeah because they know your only other option is your tenants don't get cable and who's going to rent from you if they can't get right or or they can have satellite which let's face it a lot of owners don't want satellite dishes on their property and things like that right so it's uh you know it's just not you know they, they it's a again it's about leverage right yeah. If you're one of three cable companies or phone companies that can provide service, the owner has leverage. And what is it if I'm an apartment complex owner, I meet you, you guys come in, I'm guessing run whatever numbers you have. 
what what's the lift on my end? What do I have to do? Just sign a contract? Do I just have to agree to something? Is there uh, any upfront costs on my end? How's it work? Yeah, there's there's uh, no upfront cost for you. Um, there's there's two types of agreements. So there's one that's called right of entry agreement or non-bulk, which basically means that you're just saying to the cable company, I will market your product for you. So when somebody new moves in, I'll tell them this is our preferred provider. I'll encourage them to get your service, but I won't kick any other providers off my property or anything like that. They're going to continue to have the right to be there. And in exchange for that, you're going to pay me a dollar amount up front and ongoing revenue share, a percentage of the revenue that you make from my resident. And what kind of numbers are we talking about? Is it, is it, yeah, it varies. Dollars? Man. This is my least favorite question, because as soon as I spit out a number, people start writing it down and they're like, hey, I want this. Um, the fact of the matter is it, it varies by um, market. Um, it varies by size of property. It varies by the type of agreement that you are willing to sign. Um, it depends you know, on, on how much competition is there. You can see anywhere from, you know, uh, $50 a door to $250 a door. Um, Annually or monthly? As a one-time upfront payment for signing the agreement. Okay. And then you would get another payment, usually made quarterly, which is based on a sliding scale, um, which which gives you, um, pays you revenue share, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a commission, right? So if 100 of your 200 residents take service, you're going to get paid a commission on those hundred residents. Okay. Well, let, let me ask the question like this. What's the most you've seen and what's the least you've seen per door? Well, I've seen zero. I've seen them say nothing. We're not going to give you anything. Okay. Uh, the revenue share is all based on, on performance. I've seen as much as $30 per, per unit per year, 30, 35 for some A-class properties that have high occupancy and, and, um, where a, a lot of the residents take service, but I, I've also seen where it's, you know, virtually nothing because there's low occupancy or, you know, the residents there don't, can't afford it. You know, you take a D-class property or something like that, and it's going to be, the numbers are going to be very different. Okay. So, so if I, just going back to that scenario, yeah. I own a hundred units and let's say we negotiate, I want an upfront fee, $50 a door. So right off the bat, I'm getting paid $5,000 for signing a contract as they're the right. exclusive person that we're going to market to. And I could potentially, no no guarantees, make, let's say $25 a, a year per door. Right. So I'm at upfront 5,000, year one, I've made $7,500. I'm making $2,500 potentially in additional revenue after that per year. Right. Which if you're if you're basing that on a million, uh, a several million dollar asset doesn't seem like much. But when you go to refinance that asset and you add that into your NOI. Yeah. Divided by the cap rate. Yeah. It makes right. a difference. It, it, right. It makes it, it can make a significant difference. And especially if, if you're buying a property, a lot of a lot of people are uh, I'm working with are just buying properties and they're trying to do that thing where, you know, they take them from B to C or or, you know, uh, low B to a high B or an A or something like that, right? And they go in, they buy the property at, at, that's that's got some potential on it. They make all the changes and then they go and they refinance it to pull money out so that they can go buy their next property. 
Okay. So for those people, if you can do what we're suggesting and make, you know, a few bucks a month per unit, and, and you can go and do the same thing with your laundry or your trash removal or your electricity or, or anything like that, you know, before long, you know, you take four or five, six of those things, it starts to get very material when you start to think about refinancing and the asset value. Yeah. So um, I just did some quick math on that scenario we talked about so that people can kind of wrap their heads around this. If you, let's just say you, you, you made this contract and it, as small of a value add as it may seem, people, I mean, people have done other stuff. Coin laundry is not going to bring in a ton of money, but it does increase, it at least uh, increases occupancy because it gives the tenants a better, um, you know, an, an amenity. So I wouldn't say that this changes the amenities and increases occupancies on it, but it does bring in for really no lift, just signing a, a contract, it does bring in additional revenue. So if you do have a hundred units and could get $25 a door, that's $2,500 a year in a market like today, where you're seeing a lot of cap rates at like five cap that adds $50,000 to the evaluation of the property for signing a contract. Right. And then you got right. the $5,000 up front, which I'm guessing would be, uh, you know, that wouldn't be considered in your NOI, but it would be a nice little, you know, Hey, I signed a contract made $5,000 a day. And now, increased uh, over the next couple of years of having this consistency increased the value of the property $50,000. Yeah. Why would you, why wouldn't you do this, Kevin? Like what, what are the downsides of this? Um, I had somebody the other day tell me that they just didn't have time to deal with it. And what, what is the time is the time literally just communicating with you yeah, uh, yeah. and the cable company? Uh, yes, it is. It is just communicating with us. And, and I was quite frankly, I, I was shocked because, you know, I did the calculation based on the amount of time that, you know, it really would be involved with this person, you know, doing this. And quite frankly, they had they had like six, seven hundred units and, um, you know, they were they were going to be looking at, you know, a pretty significant amount of money. Um, so you do the hourly rate. It, it probably would have taken no more than 20 to 25 hours on their part to execute the agreements, provide the information. And we do as much of that as we can. So for example, the cable companies, one of the, one of the things they want from you is address lists of all the units that are in your property. Most owners simply send us their rent roll and we convert it. We do all the backend work. We take as much of that time off the client as possible we convert it to the format that they're looking for. And so all they have to do is here's a rent roll, go. Okay. And that's the, that's the, 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 the reason. Yeah. Well, the other reason is, Oh, they want us to sign a 10 year contract and I'm not sure what the world's going to look like in 10 years. But you know what? I don't know what the world's going to look like in 10 years either. Um, there's no guarantee that, um, you know, but I can look back 10 years and tell you that if you just signed one of these deals 10 years ago, you'd be grateful for it today because you didn't, there was no opportunity. There, there, there was no reason not to. You're saying the cable companies wanted a 10 year exclusive deal to be signed? 10 year marketing, exclusive marketing, right. For the, for the wired rights. But okay. what, so that, you know, some people get nervous about 10 Quite frankly, I got to be honest with you, I don't know for sure what's going to happen in 10 years, but anything on the horizon 
appears to be wireless or another direct fiber. So the rights that you're giving to the company are not really anything that are going to prevent you from providing state-of-the-art service to your residents. The other thing that you think about is we're, we're dealing with Fortune 500 companies here. We're dealing with the Comcasts of the world. We're dealing with the, the charter spectrums of the world. We're dealing with the Cox communications of the world. We're not dealing with, you know, mom and, mom and pop's cable TV company where they're not going to keep up with technology. So yeah. what are the chances that, that Comcast in 10 years is not every bit as competitive of a service as they are today? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Nobody uh, knows for sure, but a company that big that, and, and I picked them because, you know, I work there, they're always looking 10, 15, 20 years out, you know, where are we today? But we, we need to stay competitive. Yeah. I and don't so, think Wi-Fi is going away. I do think the cable companies are going to, you know, in a long time, I don't think cable is going to be around forever, especially with how like how good internet's getting with with streaming and what Elon Musk is doing with the satellites and stuff. But to to let me ask you, if if I sign a cable company contract um, for ten years, and in in five years cable's no longer a thing, well, it's really no sweat off my back because if if the customer doesn't want the cable, then I haven't done anything. They're they're not forced to get cable, right? Right. They're, they're not. And the other thing is we, we say cable, right? So the, the companies are, are cable TV and, and that, but that's, that's the legacy. That's what they were before. Right yeah. now they're broadband companies. They're providing as good an internet service is as is available in the market. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. So, so they've transitioned already from the cable TV company to the internet company. And I can tell you that most clients today so, so you get paid revenue share based on TV customers, internet customers, and phone customers. Um, I can tell you today that that most of the revenue of that twenty five dollars a year per per unit is coming from the internet product already. Yeah, 100%, right? so they've already yeah. proven that they can make that transition. And so now we're just talking about the contract that you sign that says yes you have the right to come in here and you provide service and if the resident wants it great they can pay for it there's a whole nother option here which is called bulk service okay. and that's where you go and you provide cable or cable tv and or internet as an amenity for every one of your units i do as the land as the owner correct so you take that 100 units and you say, you know what? We're going to provide internet services and amenity. All right. Like, it's, like it's included in the cost of rent. Correct. Okay. Or you do an amenities rider or what, however you want to do that, right? Because there's going to be a transitional period if you don't offer it already. And I've got a lease there. You can't automatically, you know, yeah. change my lease and say, hey, now you have to pay an extra $100 to get you know, or $50 or whatever the number is to get internet service if I've already got a lease. So, so there's a 12 month period where you you roll people into it as, as agreements are expiring. And you can also go to your existing ones and say, Hey, if you'd like, you can get, you can pay more for rent and have it include internet. So over the one year period, you would get everybody to that point where they were included in the bulk rate. Now the bulk rate you pay less 
than what the resident would pay if they were going to the cable company to get that service. Okay. Okay. But you pay for a hundred percent of your units, whether they're occupied or not, you pay a hundred percent of the units, whether the resident wants it or not. Um, and so, so there's a little bit of risk and there is a liability there. So you are then saying, I'm going to, I'm willing to pay you. And so you're, you're signing on the dotted line that you now will pay for a hundred units every single month. So there is a risk, but at the same time, I've seen situations where this has been great because occupancy was low and this helped drive occupancy, right? So if, if I'm comparing two units, two places that are in the same area and one can include internet service and the other doesn't and they're comparable in price, that may be enough to sway me to the company that has the internet service. So I'm and guessing you, go ahead. Well, let's say that you bought in bulk for $30 from the cable company, but the rate card on that service is 50. So let's say you charge 40. Okay. So you raise your rent from 600 to 640. You add an expense of $30. You're not only increasing, hopefully, your occupancy, but you're making a, a spread of $10 on each unit every month do i have to pay for the equipment no i mean that's all in the contract but it's all inclusive in some cases it's extra in other cases it's not so it's kind of like i'm guessing the bulk is what what like hotels do where every room gets well yeah but we're seeing more and more apartments that are doing that as well because they like the idea of making that that's that spread that that 10 or 15 or 20 dollars Okay. Um, on the markup of the service and then what like what's the guarantee like with that can you is can you mandate that your tenants have a certain go with a certain company like hey you're, well, you're if you live here you will go with this company in the bulk service you're really not mandating it other than saying hey if you want to go with somebody else you can but your rent includes internet okay. service from comcast yeah, so this it is kind of uh, it's included in your rent. It's part of your rent. Just just like, yeah, we've got a fitness center. You don't have to use it, but here's your key to it. And it's included in your rent, whether you use it or not. Yeah. OK, that makes that makes sense. OK. And then what so what have you what are you seeing uh, larger apartment complexes gravitate more towards the first option or the bulk option? We, we, everyone's a little bit different, you know, it really is. I would still say that right now, the right of entry, the non-bulk where the resident pays is the predominant um, choice. Have you had anybody switch from that to bulk because they liked it? Um, yes, we have. And here's the other thing to keep in mind. Cable companies prefer you go bulk. They prefer sending out one bill to one large you know, entity, and then not having to take on all those operational costs of trying to market to customers, uh, you know, and, and all that. So that is why they prefer that. And because they prefer it, if you sign a bulk contract and then say, you know what, this isn't working out for us. Our occupancy is so low. It's not driving our occupancy. We want to go back to a non-bulk arrangement. The cable company, I've never seen them say, oh, okay, 
we'll 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 let you go back to the non-bulk. Okay. But if you're on non-bulk and you go to them and and you sign a contract and you say, you know what, we got like five, six, seven, eight years left in this, and we'd like to really consider going to the bulk option, they will talk to you and try and work out a deal because that's their preferred. So they're willing to break that that non-bulk contract for bulk because they prefer bulk. Yeah. They're not willing to break the bulk contract for non-bulk because they prefer bulk. Okay. And now is this, is with you guys, is it only cable and internet? Or are there other, like, uh, I know a lot of people implement the rub systems to to be able to buy back some or to, to charge back on some of those utilities value adds what other if i call you up and want to do this on on you know i just want to deck out my apartment complex by doing this what all can you provide uh it depends on the market um you are located because electric and gas is another option but it's only an option in deregulated markets the difference there is in some markets the state regulates the rates and therefore there is no competition in other markets where it's deregulated. It's a fair market and there are competitors and you can go from one competitor to the other and get quotes for um, lower prices. Really? Yeah. Is there, are there usually a lot of electrical companies in one market or is it? It just comes down to the regulated versus deregulated regulated markets. There's only one provider deregulated markets there can be numerous providers can you tell me a couple of markets that are deregulated yeah cleveland ohio where i live is okay um a lot of them on kind of the new england and east coast and and out to the midwest are more the deregulated pennsylvania new jersey new york uh uh, you know massachusetts connecticut uh, ohio um, illinois are all um for the most part, deregulate. What about like trash services? Is that same thing where there's uh, private and or state driven trash services? Um, you know, there there that's another one. We've 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 got a uh, a company that we refer people to because we we really trust them. They're the subject matter expert on this. They refer people uh, on trash. They refer people to us because we're the subject matter expert on cable and internet, and and. We, we now know enough about it to, to give some preliminary information, which is basically if you've got enough volume, they can they can in many cases by auditing your bills, by looking at how often is your trash picked up, what types of services are you offering valet type services for trash or not, you know, picking apart your bill and then talking to other providers, because in some cases there are multiple options for trash removal and recycling in each market so it depends on your market and depends on the contract and and they dig into this and and they've been able they usually are able to save 20 to 25 percent what what about uh renter's insurance haven't done anything with that yet it seems like there would because again i guess it's different from the cable company because they have permission to come onto your property but at the end of the day with renter's insurance, if, if they've got to come in and, and, and I don't know. It's more of a local. And, that one that? seems like it's more of a local thing where you get somebody who's who's got the local agency that yeah. can come in and say, hey, if you get us business, that's the way I've seen that done before, is just working with a local company that or a local agent who might be a, a State Farm agent or an Allstate or Nationwide agent. 
but they have that product, they go and say, hey, look, promote us as the preferred renter's insurance and we'll give you a percentage. Kickback, right. That's kind of like a, more of a referral fee than it is a, a contractual right. service thing, correct? Right. Again, it's just like promote us as the preferred renter's insurance provider. Okay, cool. Well, what what else? What else should we know about uh, multifamily utility solutions or just in general with being it, ha, u- utilizing the leverage of owning uh, a large amount of units? Uh, well, is there anything else that we can use it for? Is there anything else that you want us to know about it? Well, the key is um, it doesn't hurt to ask because our business is run on commission only. Okay. So we will do all the due diligence. We will give you a free assessment. And if you decide to go forward and we do get revenue generated for you, then you pay us a percentage of that revenue. Okay. Right. So if we don't get anything for you and you don't sign the agreements with the, the cable company, or let's say you don't believe that the deal we got for you was worth your, you know, worth, worth committing to, then we don't get anything. So, so there's really no harm in at least having that initial discussion. And I know several of your questions I answered and said, oh, it depends, right? It depends on, it, it depends on a lot of things. And so that's why we like to have that initial conversation with the owner to find out where's your market? How many units do you have? Do you have other properties? What's your long-term goals for this property? Are you looking to flip this thing in three to five years? Do you need cash on hand immediately? Or do you want more long-term, um, you know, long, long-term NOI? Let me ask you this. If I am, let, let's just say I'm, I'm Mr. Moneybags and I've got thousands and thousands of units and not a lot of time. Can I pass you off to my property manager to make this happen? Or does it have to be me being the one making the agreement? Um, ultimately, you will be the one to sign the final agreement or anybody that's an officer in your your entity can sign that final agreement. Um, but they've got to be somebody who can sign an agreement and make it binding. Right. OK, so all I have to so, do is sign it. I don't have to because earlier you said 20 to 25 hours. But it seems to me like if the property manager is the one who's going to have the rent rolls, the one who's going to know the tenants, going to understand yeah. the leases and the property the most. Uh, yeah. If I can say, hey, property manager, I'd like you to look into this and you'll get half or whatever it may be. Uh, it seems like something that would be pretty easy to do as long as I sign the bottom line. Right. Yeah, I mean, most of it is you give us the information that in, includes, you know, name of the property, address, number of units. Um, and then we find out, is there an existing contract in place or not? Um, if there's not, we ask for a proposal. And at that point, that's when they usually like to see a W-9 and an address list. Okay. So Wait. you send over a W-9. Hopefully, you've got one that's easily uh, available that you can send over because you you know you've done other agreements that require W-9. And these um, agreements, do, these agreements, do they show up on title search? Uh, if they record them, they will. And, and in in many cases, they do record them. In some cases, they do not. It just varies by varies by size of property. Again, there's so many variables, right? So in, in some markets, Comcast depends on size of the property and some markets of spectrum, um, it, it depends on the same thing. Okay. That would be one thing that would, I mean, it's, 
it would concern me if the next buyers don't understand what this is. And whenever the title search come back, it shows that there is an agreement in place. Uh, do you have like, uh, do you have any concerns about that when somebody is signing an agreement that has more legs on it than what they plan to hold the property for? No, because it's become more understood that there is the possibility that there's a contract already in place. Okay. And the contract, let's say you're, let's say you're five years into a 10 year contract and you're receiving the, the revenue share, the revenue share transfers over to the new owner. Yeah. So it can be explained so, like, yeah, this is the lien, but here on our, on our pro forma, this is where it shows you made money because of that lien. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's okay. a much better way of explaining it than hey, you have a you have a a, a contract on your title. Yeah, we told you that. That's how we make twenty five hundred dollars a month or a year. So okay, it it shows up in the due diligence, not really probably the title search, but more of the due diligence. It shows up for the you know. Well, the treatment. reason that I the reason I say that is because I was under contract for a property that had a cable company. Uh, on on the title search, it had a contract with the cable company that had like ten years left on it, yeah. and uh, it did not. It was not the cable company was paying me would have been paying me anything. It was just an agreement that we would pay this amount of money for cable services, or they would be the exclusive holders. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was something that I was just like, man, I don't I don't want like a a cable contract. I want to be able to choose my own stuff because this was a a. Uh, you know, it was like a 17 unit apartment complex. Mm, okay. I don't know. I didn't understand it. And this is kind of scared me. <laughs> it's kind of how most well, people are, right? And, and here's the other thing is we are in this for the long term. We're not in it for short term dollars. We're in it for long term relationships, right? So if you called me up, Ramsey, and said, I got a 17 unit complex. Here's the deal. What can you tell me about it? I'd tell you what I could tell you about it. Yeah. And whether or not to be concerned or whether or not to not be concerned or, you know, any of those things. And then, you know, chances are we wouldn't be able to, you know, it wouldn't really be something that we'd make any or, you know. And sometimes we just give that advice out for free to help people in the interest of long term relationships. Yeah. Yeah. OK, well, cool. Uh, so the question that I ask everybody, Kevin, is 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 what really bruises your bananas? Right. And, and what I mean by that is, is what is the biggest lie being told in the real estate world? Uh, so I know that you got you deal specifically with cable and Internet and utilities. Uh, if you have any any wisdom to drop on us as uh, as real estate investors about that, then please, the floor is yours. Um, you know, I, I think we've already touched on it a little bit is that cable companies prefer bulk agreements. And as a result of that, oftentimes they present that and don't say that there's another option. Okay. Because that's their preferred option. We even have to, in many cases, even though we know we want a non-bulk, we have to at least allow them to present a bulk agreement to us. And they'll tell you that, you know, you'll make a lot of money. And I will tell you, absolutely, in some cases, it is the right thing for some properties to do, but it's not the right thing for every property to do. One size does not fit all. Okay. And you can provide some guidance on that as those uh, situations occur to, or I guess, advice on yeah. when it works and when it wouldn't work. Right. Because again, we want the long term relationship. We want to be there when the, the re renewal comes up in 10 years. We don't want you to feel bad about the effort we put forward 
And when you buy, when you, you know, because you're growing a, a large portfolio, when you buy the next hundred unit property, we want you to have a good feeling about what we did for you on the first one and come back to us and say, hey, here's another one. And that's what that's the, the most satisfying thing for me is we have so many people that are just like um, just shoot. They, they're, they're shooting me an email saying, hey, we're looking at this one or we just bought this one. Add it to our list. Add it to our list. Let's do this one next. And that's that's the kind of relationships we want. Awesome, man. Well, Kevin, uh, how can our any of our listeners get a hold to you and find out more information? Yeah, our uh, our website is multifamilyutilitysolutions.com. And, uh, you know, we're a growing company and big, but uh, not so big that we have to have uh, long emails. So mine is just simply Kevin at multifamilyutilitysolutions.com. Okay. Cool. And our phone numbers are on there and the contact form or, or just shoot me an email. I'm more than happy to jump on the phone with anybody at any time to, you know, just review what, you know, what, whatever questions they have, because that's, you know, that's what we do is a lot of times we, we educate people and we don't hear from them for a year. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, Hey, um, you know, we talked a year ago and you told me about this and I'm now in a position to use your service. Absolutely. Kevin, it's been a great show. I appreciate you for coming on. I hope you consider me part of your network now and uh, look forward to seeing you out there in the future, brother. Yeah, absolutely, Ramsey. I really enjoyed it and uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and uh, your audience. All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Gorilla State Investing Podcast, where we give you the ground pounding truth about what it takes to be successful in real estate. Learn more at realfocus.org slash gorilla state pod.